Chapter 4 The Closing April 9th, Lake Forest, Illinois Martha remained extremely busy during the months preceding the closing, before moving into the small studio apartment that she found in nearby Morton Grove, there was much to do. The apartment was in a retirement center and was fully furnished. She realized that she wouldn't need any old and worn furniture left in the house, so she conducted several estate sales. She was amazed at how many people wanted to purchase useless junk. But she was just happy to get rid of the hundreds of pieces lying around, collecting dust throughout the house, garage, and basement. Martha was packed and ready to vacate the premises. The closing was tomorrow, and she would give Michael and Ariana possession at that time. During the same period, Michael and Ariana were busy as well. They managed to sublease their apartment and would be out of their lease by April 30th, Michael was disappointed at first, since the closing was on the 10th, and he was stuck paying for the apartment for the entire month of April. Then Ariana pointed out that the time-lapse between the closing and having to vacate the apartment could be used to clean and fix the more minor problems at the house. Michael, being the go-getter, decided to work on the house's interior during this time, maybe even strip some wallpaper and paint a few rooms if time allowed. Their son David was very excited about the move as well. The house they moved from in Las Vegas was a small two-bedroom townhouse. The festive Lane House living room was larger than their entire home in Vegas. He had already planned how his rooms would be decorated. Yes, David decided that the house was so big that he could master two rooms instead of just one. Just ten years old, David was already quite the musician. His father was teaching him how to play guitar, and David was catching on fast. Michael recently bought David a used electric guitar and amplifier. David was planning on making one of his rooms into a music room. He hoped to make friends quickly at his new school and possibly start a rock band. Ariana was now full term with her pregnancy and approaching her due date of April 20th. Michael was concerned because she was trying to help with the packing, and he didn't want her lifting anything over ten pounds. Michael adored Ariana. They met in high school and had been together ever since. Married only one year before the birth of David, they'd been in wedlock for eleven years. Michael described his wife to fellow workers as a super mom with supermodel looks. Well, that was how she usually looked when she wasn't pregnant. Like her son, Ariana was a bit stubborn and ignored Michael's warnings of lifting boxes filled with books and tableware. Are you trying to have the baby right here? Michael said. No, I'm just trying to help, Michael, she responded. Please do me a favor and just sit there and relax. Watch television or something. You're driving me crazy, he replied. David came into the room. I'll help you, Dad. See, David will help me so you don't have to. Michael said. Ariana, in a fit of frustration, replied, Fine, I'll get out of your sight then. I feel so useless and so fat and so ugly. She stormed out of the room and into the bedroom of the tiny apartment. Michael turned to David. Can you handle this by yourself for a few minutes? Mom and I need to talk. No problem, Dad. I will do what I can. Michael rubbed the top of David's head and then headed toward the bedroom. 
Michael found Ariana sobbing on the bed in the bedroom, a disaster area from the packing effort. She was incredibly emotional as of late, much more so than when David was born. Michael assumed it was due to the stress of the move, the purchase of a new home, the repairs the house required. And she was ten years older since the last time she gave birth. He walked over several boxes surrounding the bed and sat down next to his whimpering wife. Honey, I know you want to help, but I don't want you or the baby to get hurt. Can't you understand that? You just don't want to look at me anymore. I'm so fat and ugly, she responded. You are not. You are as beautiful as the day I married you. Really, you are, Michael replied. Oh, so you married a blimp eleven years ago. Where was I? she whimpered. Well, I seem to remember this beautiful young girl that could light up the sky with her smile and the sparkle in her eyes, Michael said. Ariana fought back a smile and reluctantly said, Are you saying that I used to smarkle? Smarkle? Well, yes, I guess you could call it that. And you still smarkle better than anyone else does in the whole world. I love you, Ariana. Oh, Michael, I love you so much. I'm sorry for being such a baby. Now neither of us is packing. Well, David is doing pretty well. I am very proud of the way he is pitching in to help. Usually he's the one that's acting like a baby, Michael said as he gave her a love pat on her bottom. Ariana laughed. Hey, what do you mean by that? Come here, you sexy man, you. As they held each other and kissed, Michael rubbed her stomach and whispered, You are still the most beautiful girl I know. At that moment, they heard a crash from the kitchen. Dad, I think I broke something, David said. Michael looked at Ariana. I think he needs some help. You stay here and rest. And that young lady is an order. Yes, sir, she responded with a smile. Michael returned to the kitchen and found David holding a box that had once contained the glassware, lying in a thousand pieces on the floor. Michael failed to tell David about taping the bottom of the boxes shut before loading them. Are you all right? Michael asked. I'm sorry, Dad, responded David in a sad voice. It's okay, David. Glasses can be replaced, but you can't. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine replied David. Okay, then. Let's clean up this mess and get packing. Watch your step, Michael said. Ariana overheard the entire conversation and wondered how Michael could remain calm and collected during the chaos. She always admired him for his strength and quick wit. These traits were the most attractive qualities he had to offer when they first met. Over time, he matured and became even more confident and in control. She loved him for that, but was concerned that the undertaking of the house and another child would be a test of his patience and strength. She could only hope that everything would go as planned. April 10th, 10 a.m., First National Title Company. Miss Martha Kennedy and Mr. and Mrs. Michael Carter, said the receptionist. Right over here, replied Michael from a section of chairs near the window. Please follow me. They are ready for your closing, the receptionist responded. Michael, Ariana, and Martha 
followed the receptionist down a large hallway and into a conference room halfway down the corridor. They were met by their respective attorneys and took their assigned seats. Michael's attorney greeted Martha and introduced himself, as Martha's attorney made his introductions to the Carters. The closing agent from the title company entered the room. Good morning, everyone. We will be addressing the buyers throughout most of these proceedings, so if the seller would simply be patient, this process should take less than an hour. The people in attendance just nodded to show acceptance, and she continued. First of all, I would like to review the closing statement and confirmation of the mortgage payment and how that amount is broken down. The buyers are putting down $10,000 as a down payment and are mortgaging the balance, which is $190,000. As you know, the mortgage was approved almost instantly due to the property's appraised value being at an estimated worth that is twenty times the purchase price. In other words, even if the mortgage goes into foreclosure, the bank has zero risk on this loan. Michael and Ariana smiled at Martha to thank her for her precious and generous gift. The closing agent continued, The mortgage payment per month will be $1,545 plus taxes and PMI, bringing the total amount to $4,578. Michael, in complete shock, asked, Excuse me? I was expecting a payment of around $2,000 a month, not $4,500. Why is it so much more? The agent replied, Well, Mr. Carter, the taxes on this property are costly. This is four acres of prime property in Lake Forest, and the taxes alone are approximately $30,000 a year. Oh, my God, $30,000 a year? I I can't afford that, Michael stated frantically. Michael's attorney grabbed his arm and explained that the property was a steal for what he purchased it for, and just went along with the closing since it was already approved. Martha spoke up and said, Michael, if you would like, I can lower the price of the house some more. Her attorney stated, No, you can't do that, Martha. If you do that at this time, the closing has to be rescheduled and all of the timetables are invalid. A new closing date may not be available until June. Thank you, Martha. You have already done so much for us, I could not and will not accept any more. I will find a way to make the payments. Let's get on with it, Michael said. Ariana gazed into Michael's eyes and saw his apprehension and fear about the increased mortgage payment as the closing agent discussed the mortgage details. She was no longer working and the baby was due next week. He was on his own to pay for the house, move them into the house, and fix up and remodel the home. Michael was already under an extreme amount of stress, and it just increased tenfold in the blink of an eye. As the closing agent finished the summarization, Michael's attorney started to disperse papers for him and Ariana to sign. As he handed them each a set of documents, he explained what they were signing. Michael signed each document without hesitation. He didn't hear a word his attorney said to him about each document. He was only thinking about how he could generate an additional $2,500 per month to pay for the house he was buying. His attorney placed another document in front of Michael and said, This document is your promissory note to Miss Kennedy that states you will never demolish or destroy this house, nor will you ever resell this house to another party unless that party agrees to this contract's exact same terms. You are allowed to remodel and build onto the house if desired. However, 
the Holmes Foundation must remain in its original form. Violations of these promises is punishable by a lifetime of sadness and disappointment, knowing that you have broken your promise to a generous old lady. Michael and Ariana both looked at the attorney with puzzled looks. Well, that's what it says, he said. They both turned and looked at Martha, and she softly smiled back at them and raised her eyebrows. Michael and Ariana just smiled back and realized that she was right. They were the type of people that would feel terrible if they were to go back on their promise. And that's it. Congratulations on your new home, Mr. and Mrs. Carter, said the closing agent, as she startled Michael and Ariana, who were still trying to comprehend Martha's conditions of the sale. That's it? Michael asked. All done. Congratulations, said Michael's attorney. They all rose and shook hands. As they proceeded out of the room, Ariana said to Martha, Do you need a ride or something, Martha? Where are you going to live now? I have a cab waiting for me, dear, but thank you for asking. I am temporarily moving into a retirement center until I relocate to be with my family, Martha said. Family? I thought you said at one time that you didn't have any family, Martha, Ariana asked. Oh, we all have family, Ariana. Mine has been waiting for me to join them for a very long time, Martha said. Okay, well, it has been a real pleasure knowing you. Can we come and visit you at the retirement center? David would like that, Ariana asked as they continued to walk. I don't plan on being there very long, dear, and with the baby and your new home, you will be very busy. I will probably be visiting you long before you get a chance to visit me, Martha said. Why, sure, that would be great. Please feel free to visit at any time. Well, I don't know about that. Maybe around the holidays, Martha replied. Sure, we would love to have you over for Christmas. Call us on Christmas Eve and we'll come to pick you up. Ariana said. Okay, dear, I just might do that, said Martha as she reached up and kissed Ariana on the cheek. Martha turned to Michael, who said not a word since the closing. Michael, it will all work out. I promise you that. Have a little faith, and you will be surprised how much good fortune will come your way. Martha, I believe I used up all of my good fortunes when I bought this house from you. My only concern right now is keeping it, Michael said. You will be able to keep it. Just never give up. People are counting on you, Martha said. Yes, I know. Ariana, David, the baby, the bank, the tax collector. They depend on me, Michael said with a defeatist attitude. Many more people than just those you mentioned need you to succeed, Michael. You have no idea how important this is, but you will in time, Martha said. Thanks for everything, Martha. We will visit you soon, he said as he kissed her on the cheek with a warm and gentle hug. Martha hugged Michael back and turned to her waiting cab that sat at the curb outside the building entrance. Michael held open the cab door for her as she stepped inside. Martha waved to both of them and said, Love will find a way if you let it. I love you both. Take care and God bless both of you. As the cab pulled away, Michael and Ariana waved goodbye to Martha. The cab was soon out of sight. 
They began to walk back to their car, parked in the parking garage across the street. Well, I guess we should probably go over to our house and start cleaning up, Ariana said. Yeah, I suppose I will put off the painting for a while. We just don't have the money right now. As they continued to walk down the street, Ariana continued the conversation. But we still have some money in the bank, right, Michael? Yes, but it's only about $10,000. That will help make up the balance of the mortgage payment that we can't cover right now, but it will only last a couple of months. They entered the garage and Michael pushed the elevator call button. He continued, When I inspected the house, I noticed that the furnace needed to be replaced and some of the electrical wiring. Those aren't cosmetic improvements. Those are things that cost big money. They are problems that can't wait. The last thing I want is for our new baby to be in an unsafe, cold, drafty house. Well, as soon as the baby is born, and I feel well enough, Ariana said to Michael as they walked toward their car, I will go back to work. And who is going to take care of the baby? We don't have any family, and daycare will eat up 75% of your paycheck. Why bother? Michael said. Because 25% more income is better than nothing. That's why she replied and kissed him lightly on the lips. How did you ever get yourself involved with me? asked Michael. Every guy in school wanted to date you, yet you picked me. What a mistake that was. Now you hold it right there, Michael James Carter. If we can't make it with this house, we will have to deal with it. But I will always love you no matter what happens. Do you understand that, mister? Ariana said. Yes. I understand, but I still question your sanity, Michael said. Just drive the car and take me to my new mansion, Mr. Carter, responded Ariana.